Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Decades of Strength podcast. I'm Katie Crocus here with co-hosts Marcy Nevin and Kim Schlag. How's everyone today? Hi. Doing Hi. Well. Good to be here with you ladies. Yeah. Well Mar- too. Marcy, what's going on with you these days? Uh, Marcy is, well, I would say Marcy's excited for fall. However, it's still about 95 every day in California. So. Oh, gosh. I felt, I felt the fall the first day of September and I always feel it like without fail. When the calendar hits September 1st, I feel this like magic in the air and it's glorious. Mm -hmm. And I even wrote a post about it and the idea of something called temporal landmarks, which is an idea that I, a theory that I learned from Casey Joe Orbitas, who I did the mindset certification with and is now one of my mentors. And so we were talking about it. So it's, you know, September 1st, a birthday, a new job. It's why there's that allure of the, um, the 4th of July. It could be the 4th of July. Um, what was I going to say? Um, the new first year? of the year. So setting yeah. those resolutions, you know, but anything that just feels like it has significance for you is a really great time to start something new. And for mm-hmm. me, I always feel that the first of September more so than January 1st, just because yeah, there's just something in the air. So you think it harks still- back to year after year of like school. Cause for me, I still feel like as a 51 year old woman, I still feel like September 1st is like new beginnings mm-hmm. because we did that from kindergarten on up. And it was like, it's like the new season and I still feel it. Yeah, I am too. I also know that for me, I've had a lot of hard things happen in the month of August. Mm. So for the past, gosh, eight years, I would say something, not every year, but something significant, heavy, hard has happened in August. So when like August is my least favorite month of the year <laughs> these mm. days, and because it's too hot. So it's almost like September is that fresh start. Okay, let's move on from the month of August. Uh, but yeah, so excited for the weather to finally cool down. I went to Trader Joe's last night after the gym. And when I was walking in, I saw the cinnamon brooms, which (laughs) do you buy those Marcy? Do I buy them? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I buy them. Okay. Here's my question about those. I I actually meant to message you last night on stories. I bought like the cinnamon pine cones because wow, do I love that smell? They don't smell as soon as I get them home. Do they smell like, can you smell those cinnamon broomsticks in your house? They do. Yes. Okay. Then I'm buying them. I can smell them. Because I'm always disappointed when I buy the cinnamon pine cones because you're standing there in front of them and it's like, oh yes. And then I get it home and I'm like, it dissipates so fast. Yeah. Maybe maybe you need 40 of them on an end cap of your house. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny. I was messaging, voice messaging with a client of mine earlier this morning who lives about two hours from me. So we're both complaining about the California heat and she loves fall and Halloween, just like I do. So last night I was messaging her as well. And I had just gotten home from Trader Joe's and I said, ah, the cinnamon brooms are here. I'm so excited. And then today she was saying, oh, it's funny because I went into the store the other day and I saw this man pick up pine cones, smell the pine cones, and then just like put them back down. I was like, that's hilarious. 
So yeah, the cinnamon brooms, they, they do smell for quite a long time. And then you can also get a little small one that I uh, put in my car. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm going to do that too. That's so now good. You know. I'm ready. I'm ready for, right. I don't know, guys, I feel, a, I feel, I feel really pulled with this whole fall thing. I'm a summer girl. I love it. I love the heat. I love the beach. I love waking up early and walking outside and it's nice and hot. You don't need to put your jacket. Like, I love that. I love fresh tomatoes, like making caprese salad every day from, I don't have a garden because I always ruin it, but my friend has a garden and she gives me tomatoes. Like, and so I'm kind of at this moment, like I also love fall. Like I really do, but I'm kind of in that moment of like, oh, which do I want more? So kind of, mm -hmm. I'm getting both because that's how Pennsylvania is. Like it does, mm -hmm. feel, it still has some summer and some fall. So I'm kind of, you know, going to be drinking my pumpkin spice while eating my caprese salad for a week or two here. <laughs> that sounds like an awful combination. <laughs> All right, I won't do it in the same moment. Not at the same time, please. <laughs> the same day. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't go anywhere without being reminded that it's fall right now. I, I went to, I was at Target last week because my daughter needed a graphing paper notebook, right? So I'm still on school supplies and there no school supplies are out. You know, all the Halloween costumes are up. Mm -hmm. I bought way too many sweaters and pumpkins. It was just, <laughs> it was not a productive trip for what I needed to accomplish. So it's like, crap, if you don't do it now, what are we going to do it? Because you know that November 1st or not, let's be honest, no. probably October 20th, Christmas trees are going to be up in target. So I, I get why I think, yeah. I think we've I, got I mean, three weeks to jump on fall. Yeah. And so I understand why some people are hesitant and don't love the fact that like the calendar gets turned and everybody's like, you know, pumpkin spice, everything. But for me, I will take, like, if I could extend this season for like three months, I'd be really, really happy. Mm -hmm. Me too. And you hey, know, I saw your fall drink. Tell us about your fall drink. I saw it on your well, stories. It's, I love warm beverages. I'm a, I'm a drinks girl that, and it all kind of started when I was um, in a calorie deficit. I found that drinks were really satisfying and really filling. And then they also just warmed my body, right? Like I just, I really like the feeling. And so I will put as much liquid as I can together and sometimes add like a, a packet of sugar-free hot chocolate or regular hot chocolate, whatever I have. And, uh, and maybe some coffee for like this peppermint mocha vibe or like a, like a chocolate caramel macchiato vibe, because there's, you know, a hundred different K cup flavors out there. And like stevia sweet leaf has all of these different flavor drops, like your English toffee and your peppermint, or even, you know, lemon, what, depending on what you want to do. And you can really make your own little coffee cocktail at, you know, a fraction of the price, a fraction of the calories of just, you know, going to Starbucks and, and getting it on your own. And, and if you're like me and you have like an enormous favorite mug, it becomes like a really nice ritual. And it's something that I tend to do after my, um, workout meal, when I'm kind of transitioning into sitting down, trying to get some work done, like getting myself out of the kitchen and into work mode. Like I just, I like that as a transitional piece for me throughout the day. So I posted I do, about it. I do the same thing. Yep. I love that you said the ritual and the transition. Mine's not so much a transition, but I'll have it. I do a protein, not even a protein hot chocolate anymore. I've kind of stopped adding protein to it. Maybe I will every now and then, but I'll just do uh, unsweetened cocoa powder, stevia, mm. sea salt. Do you put the sea salt in I there? I need to do that, Marcy. Oh I my do. gosh. I forgot that. I was going to do that this morning. Thank me later. <laughs> uh, yeah, you will never go back. It just, it, it enhances the flavor of whatever you're drinking. 
Uh, I do it in my coffee and my tea and my protein shakes. It is yeah, a game changer, but yeah. same thing. We were talking about this, I think on the last episode, because Kim, you do the protein hot chocolate with actual, like that premier protein. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Um, but yeah, no, I love those flavor drinks. So I'll do it in between breakfast and lunch when I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I kind of want something, but I'm not really that hungry. Mm-hmm. So when I'm starting my work day, yeah, it's, it's a very nice ritual, like you said, but so many options for that. I love I all of that. You can use extracts, the sweet and stevia yeah. experiment. You know, everyone loves the the pumpkin. I'm more this time of year, a maple person. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm into the pumpkin scent more than the flavor. You won't see me really? running for like a pumpkin spice latte, like almost everybody else. I like the scent. I like the candle. I like the look, but I'm, I'm not a pumpkin pie girl either. Actually. Do you guys like pumpkin pie? I don't like pumpkin pie, but you know what I love? Like, I can't wait to start making it. Um, well, I don't like to bake, but I do bake this pumpkin bread, pumpkin, chocolate oh, yes. chip bread, pumpkin, chocolate chip cookies, any kind of pumpkin chocolate concoction. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do I love that? Love oh, it. So interesting because I know Katie, you and I have this in common, but Mel's kitchen cafe. Yes. I so love her. She has the best recipes. This woman turned me into a famous baker. She's <laughs> wonderful. Her, her recipes. They're so easy and they're always delicious. People rave about them, but Kim, she has the best chocolate chip pumpkin bread recipe. I will that try and I have a friend bread. who loves her. Yeah. I've heard mm-hmm. of that. I've definitely used some of those recipes before. All right. I'll try that. Try that. Um, and then pumpkin pie. I don't love pie, but it would be my favorite. I just don't like pumpkin. I don't like pie crust. I've always thought that pumpkin oh. pie should be in a graham cracker crust or you can do that. You oh, no, I know, power. but I can't, I can, also can't have gluten. So I'm oh, kind of, okay. Then that's, so yeah. I, I was making a, like a pumpkin custard almost with coconut milk, the pumpkin pie filling, the different seasonings, and then using gelatin as the thickener oh. and then you know having it not with the crust, which is delicious. So anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. One of the things I love most about fall, since it looks like that's the direction that this podcast is going to go for us here. We sort of joked about talking about squash last time we were together and uh, it's, and, and we won't, we don't need to talk about squash this whole time, but I know that, you know, we all have so much to say about on this subject that we just sort of wanted to make a podcast about it. And one of the things I've, I've really enjoyed and, and heard about autumn is that it's described as a reminder of how beautiful it can be to let things go too, which I really love. Like if you look at it from the perspective of nature and you see the leaves change and you see, you know, animals shift and, and, you know, our, and, and vegetation shifts. And we, as humans, I think should probably shift a little bit too. And it's a nice time to kind of reflect on lessons learned, look inward, leave behind what's not serving us. And I think for me, that's one of the reasons I really love it so much is because it's like, I feel like I can breathe new life into whatever I want. And it's not that I couldn't do that any time of the year, but for some reason in the fall, it just feels really natural to me. Do you, do you get that too at all? Yeah, I like that a lot. You put that beautifully, Katie, as you always do. I like the feeling of turnover, right? It's kind of like in the spring, there's this sense of new life, but in the fall, there's still the sense of turnover. And I do think it's a great time to like, for me, it's a great time to like buckle down and get things done. Mm. And I like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And one of my clients, I actually have one in-person client that I've been training again. Like the universe is so weird. I literally just got a text message from another one of my former in-person clients who sent me a message yesterday, an email. And I've been thinking about her and, oh, I need to reach out. I need to reach out and didn't. So she emailed me and I was like, so fortuitous. Synchronicities like that are beautiful. Um, But she is Jewish. And we used to always talk about the Jewish traditions. And then this in-person client, the one that I still train on Fridays, she is also Jewish. And so she was in there last week and we were talking about, I think it's Rosh Hashanah. Do mm-hmm. I? It, Yesterday, what, yeah. What, yeah. So uh, with Jewish New Year, it is this time of renewal, rebirth, letting go of things. Yeah. So she was talking to me about one of the traditions, I can't remember the name of it, but where you go to a body of water and you throw something in the water and that mm. is symbolizing the, the release of whatever is no longer serving you. Mm. And I just thought that was beautiful. So really timely with fall and the rebirth and yeah, the Jewish holiday. And even if you aren't Jewish, I mean, I'm sure you can still do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never heard of that tradition before. I wonder yeah. what kinds of things they throw in. Oh gosh. I don't even know. I think whatever is symbolic for you. Hmm. Yeah. So I just thought that was lovely. No, I think that's beautiful. And and it's just what a great opportunity to kind of think about things like how you talk to yourself, how you spend your energy, how you allow, you know, others to absorb your energy. It, It doesn't need to just be about like big goals. I really like the idea. I've found that I've had some of my most productive reflection periods in fall, looking back at the first like eight or nine months of the year, because I don't know about you. I'm not a January person. Like I do not hit the ground running in January. In fact, it's not even usually until February that I start to feel any sense of, of movement in my world. I find that this time in the fall, I am, am energized to make some improvements or to tackle things in a way where I can look into January and be like, gosh, what would life be like if I were to kind of make a couple small changes now, as opposed to putting everything on hold or even worse backstepping in January. So I think it's a really nice, you know, period to bridge that. Um, I mean, and I think that, you know, Kim, we were talking before we started recording and you were saying how frequently so many people take uh, the the perspective of, okay, falls here. Well, why don't you, why don't you carry this through what yeah. you were saying? So there's a real danger in this like couple of week period where people kind of lull themselves into this idea of like, now's my time because, you know, the kind of the fluidity of summer is behind us. The craziness of like, we're vacationing and like the kids are around as much or whatever it is. And so we feel like, okay, now I'm going to be on this great schedule because I'm going to have time. And that's the issue because we're never going to have the time because what's going to happen really soon. Your kids are going to be in all kinds of activities. Things are going to pick back up. It's going to be holiday time and you're going to be just as busy, but in a different way as you were in the summer. And so it's a really good time to remind yourself that if this is really going to be your time, if you're going to start taking some steps in the direction you want to go for whatever your goals are, it's going to happen because you choose to make the time not because it's magically here. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's just not going to be, you've probably got to, you probably have about seven days, maybe six of where it feels like, Ooh, this easy season. And then it's mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really great mindset shift, Kim. I love that. It's the same thing with the first of the year. Everyone, Absolutely. you know, they, they're off and running and they have that, for lack of a better word, motivation mm-hmm. for a week or two. And then that initial 
allure, the shiny object syndrome wears mm-hmm. off and you're kind of back to baseline going through the motions. And I know you talk about this a lot too, when it comes to your fat loss goal, but it can be any goal that someone's working mm-hmm. towards. You're excited in the beginning and maybe you see a little bit of progress and then progress slows down. The appeal starts to wear off and you're in that messy, awkward middle mm-hmm. where it's just mundane and boring. boring I hear that boring middle. Uh, the boring middle. I hear that. I'm bored. It's like, well, you know, what's boring, mm-hmm. <laughs> not getting results. <laughs> That's really boring. Do the boring step. And you know, it really is a mindset shift. And so saying to yourself right now, like, okay, here's what I'm committing to. And it can be big or it can be little, whichever is going to work for you. And some people do better with kind of like the lowest hanging fruit kind of goals. Like, let's just mm-hmm. pick some small things. And other people are like, no, I'm going to do this big impactful thing. And I'm just going to work on that. Whichever way you go, commit now or don't, but don't mm-hmm. trick yourself into thinking like, oh, it's going to be easy. Cause I have the time you don't. Yeah. So one thing I'm committing to, I'm actually starting this this month and usually I I hold until October. I don't know if you ladies have ever seen me post about the candy challenge. I started this two years ago because I was always a victim of, I I, I was that person who was like, don't buy Halloween candy until October 30th because you like, then you eat it and buy three more bags, right? Like that's what I did. And then one year, so I wouldn't buy it. And then Halloween would come and I would be sick. Like I would wake up almost like, it was like I was unconscious. And then there was like a sea of like Reese's peanut butter cups and Snickers and all of these wrappers around me. And I'm like, what happened? Like, what is going on here? And so one year I was like, enough of this. And so I, I decided that I was going to have one piece of candy, like bites, like one piece of fun size candy with every single meal of my day. So I was having one piece of something four times a day, usually, including with, including breakfast. Like I did this okay. start to oh, finish. Whole, when do you start? So, um, I'm starting it this month. I haven't bought anything yet, but when I saw candy in the stores the other day, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it a month sooner and see if I even can get to Halloween doing this. Because by the time October 31st came, I was so over candy. I was just done with it. I didn't even, it was not, it was not a temptation at all. I found that I wasn't looking forward to it. And midway, like I'd say like by the end of the month, I was like, I wasn't even eating that candy. I was like trying to find a different candy. Like I was looking for like better chocolate or something different. Um, because it was just, it, the, the novelty wore off and, uh, nothing really particularly looks good to me right now out there. And it's probably because I've, this is the third year I'll be doing this, but it's an interesting challenge because people think that they're going to lose control. They think that, with that first piece on that first day, it's going to be, it's just going to be a landslide and, and game over. And, um, and maybe there'll be a couple days where you have too much, but it's one of those things where you sort of just like wake up and one day you're like, I don't even really care about this. I don't even, it's just kind of taking the, the novelty away from it. Right. Because somehow when things come out in like a glow in the dark package, you're like, this is obviously delicious. I haven't had this for a year. I'm going to have it. But um, beginning that this month for me is something that I always like to do to kind of just like take the edge off of the holidays. Cause I mean, we have three birthdays and like four major holidays in a matter of like, you know, eight or 10 weeks in my family. And it's just like, I, I just don't, I just don't want to be that person that loses myself for four months a year because of, because of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Katie, you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time and I think about it because we all fall prey to it, it does feel like at this time of year that this is the only time you can get like a fun size Snickers. Right. 
they're literally in the store all year round. Mm. They never go anywhere. But yep. somehow this time of year, it's like, oh, here they are. Yep. Fun size Reese's guys, they were never gone. Like, <laughs> well, but I think it's I think it's the whole environment thing. So yeah. because there is more attention and uh, in, on the holiday, so Halloween. So the store is going to be bringing all of that mm-hmm. stuff to the forefront. So to the end of and the aisle. And they cute fall pictures on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's in your face. So you're going to be more likely to, to focus on it. So absolutely, it, it's the whole thing too. And Katie, you were talking about the, the novelty wears off and there have certainly been foods in my life that I would consider trigger foods. So nut butters, cereal, anything hyper palatable, let's be honest. Wait, yeah. There was something else you used to eat in a bag and your boyfriend would get it. What was that? Uh, change, uh, well, banana chips, banana chips. That's what it was. Yeah. So anything that's sweet, salty, creamy, crunchy, all of that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they are engineered to mm-hmm. be delicious and have you keep eating them. So once I incorporated those foods into my diet, like you said, Katie, on pretty much a daily basis, mm-hmm. it was like, all right, it's not even, it's good, but I don't need it every day. And I can have that box of cereal sitting in the pantry in front of me. And I'm like, I don't really need it. Yeah. So it is a, it's a practice mm-hmm. in self-trust. So to your point, maybe the first couple of times that you try to have that candy with every meal, you have a little bit more than you intended, mm-hmm. but the more you do it, the better you are going to get. And then mm-hmm. now eventually you're at the point where, yeah, I can't just have that piece and move on, or I don't even really need it. And mm-hmm. I had a similar experience with the, that cocoa butter in the jar. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. That I went through that fast. That's <laughs> you know, crack. It is crack. It, it <laughs> is. It's, it's unbelievable. Really. I know it's, it is unbelievable. And I was eating you have it to link day. that in this show, the cocoa oh, bar. I, I'll add that to the notes. Yeah. I, I don't know what that woman has no what that is, but wow, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And it's, it's very sweet and it also has a really good texture to it. Yes. So it does. I'm huge, yeah. I'm a huge texture person and I was having it every day and I would measure out a serving and be able to move on. But eventually after I started having it every day for I think until that first jar was gone mm-hmm. and now I have another jar and it's been around for probably a month. Not that I don't enjoy it. I just don't need it every yeah. day. And well, and I do have it every day. I have it every day as the topping to my breakfast bar. And so I am not the person who sticks the spoon in and can't, and keeps going back and sneaking more lick spice and tastes because I literally have it every single day, seven days a week, unless there, unless there's a ridiculous reason that I can't get breakfast at my house or first meal at my house, I'm having it. And so there's no danger of ever going over the edge. And so that's evidence. I have evidence that this process works for me if I let it. Um, But I will say this, it's a lot harder to work this kind of practice in if you're not coming from a fed place. So mm-hmm. if you are deep in a deficit or you've been, di- you're in the tail end of like a 12 week cut or, or wherever you are, this may, that may be, not, that may not be your time to start a challenge like this. Yeah. I like this more when your mindset, when you're coming again from a fed place and maybe you're just trying to be like, Oh, you know, I'd like to 
become more flexible with the foods that I'm eating and, and build out in this reverse diet or in this period of maintenance, that's a good time, I think, to implement something like this. That's a really good point, Katie. You know, not everybody is going to be there. Um, even if you are in a fed place, maybe you're not ready for a certain item yet. There were times mm-hmm. that it's not mm-hmm. going to be possible for me to be moderate with pretzels yet. It just yep. was not. That took me a while mm-hmm. uh, to build up to. And now like there's actually a bag in my house right now and I'm fine. But there was a time, like if there was a bag of mini pretzels in my house, like I was haunted by them and I was constantly wanting to eat them. And I just wasn't ready to be moderate with them yet. Mm -hmm. For me, moderation with pretzels was I will go out and have pretzels. Like if I'm at somebody's house, I'll have some pretzels, but they cannot be in my house. And it took me time for that. So if you're hearing this and you're feeling kind of like I've tried that and I can't do it, it doesn't mean you're a loser. It just means you can try again. You could try with something that's a little less alluring to you that has some power over you, but maybe it's not like the thing yet and Mm -hmm. know that you can get there with all things over time. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And two, I think really knowing it's know thyself, know where you are right now and have that awareness. Because when I was in the depths of a fat loss phase, it would have been around two years ago this month, excuse me, I was starting to incorporate refeeds once a week. And so my high, my calories were higher. I will be fully transparent. When I was in my fat loss phase, I am a small person. My calories were 11 to 1200. Like that is what I needed in order to get the results that I was going for. So short period of time, I did have a refeed once per week. That was probably closer to 2000 calories. And I would have this chocolate cereal and a, it's called a honey mama's bar. It's this chocolate bar. It is the most decadent thing I've ever tasted. So I don't know if you've had them, but they are delicious. Mm-mm. But yeah, I was, I was able to have it and not overeat it and not feel this compulsion that I think a lot of people do experience around those foods that they might not be able to trust themselves around, but it took me a very long time to get to that place. Like it didn't happen overnight. So I think to your guys point as well, if you are in the depths of a fat loss phase, if you are still working on your relationship with food, you're coming from this very black and white mindset around the foods that you eat, then that might not be the time to do it. So continue to build that relationship when you are in maintenance or reverse dieting, whatever. And then know eventually you are, you will get to that place where everything is allowed and you don't have to overthink it. Mm-hmm. Now, Katie, do you, this challenge you do with yourself, is this something you have people follow along? Do you like have people? Yeah, there's a hashtag, the candy challenge. I actually just shared it on my stories today. And, and, you know, today is September, gosh, eighth. So this will, this won't release for a week, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's something I've done a number of years and it's always fun to see what people are adding to their plate. And what I like about it so much is that it's sort of what I do with my kids and that let's have the, the treat or the thing on the lunch plate with all the food. Right. Uh So again, it's, it's like, it's not good or bad. It's not transactional. It's like, eat your veggies. Then you get this. It's, this is part of the macro balance plate. And it's not, it, Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't take on any identity other than food. And I think that's the goal is to just like take the morality out of it, have it because you like it. Also worth noting, it is a lot easier to slow down after having something like a Snickers bar or a peanut butter cup. When you have some protein and some healthy fats and some, you know, micronutrient dense carbs alongside, like anyone can eat 12 peanut butter cups alone. But if you're having it alongside, you know, your balanced plate, 
you're going to slow down. I promise you will. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that's how I'd like to suggest people approach parties and events in the fall too. Like you're going to a tailgate and you, and you really want to have all of these delicious things. Cool. Do it, put it on your plate alongside of everything else. So it's not like you go back and only get a plate of all of the treats because you're of course going to be able to consume that. But if you have it alongside everything else, I, I like to, I would rather go back and have a, and get dessert on my first plate mixed with everything else. And then maybe go back and get a second plate, then say one plate of, you know, you know, quote unquote, air quotes, good food. And then one plate of dessert. That's a mm. great strategy. Katie, do you follow, or Marcy, do you guys ever follow um, Kids Eat in Color? I do. I've heard of it. Amazing. She's amazing. I've been following her for a long time. Um, that I, I did not know of her. I don't even know if she was around making content when I had younger kids, but gosh, if you guys have younger kids, follow her, what you were just talking about, about like putting the candy on the plate, that kind of stuff. She's really good about helping your kids grow up with a healthy mindset around food and like mm. food neutrality. And I, I really love her stuff. Really powerful information. She's only been at this for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. She and already really grew exponentially. Yeah, she yeah. Grew, I, I started following her and she was big, but not like big, big. And now like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like she, and I think what I think she did, I think she was like a dietitian at a school, like helping with like planning school lunches. And then like now does this full time, like has her own business full time because it just took off. Yeah. Oh, I'll check her out. That's cool. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of dots. It's like kids.eat.in.color. I think that's what it is. We'll t- mm-hmm. I'll find her and we'll tag her in this episode okay. for sure. Yeah, do. Perfect. So do you guys want to do a little lightning round of fall favorites? Oh, I'd love yeah, to. Yeah, let's go. A, a little, a, a little pivot here, but I, I was thinking about all, all sorts of like fun things that people love about fall. So I'll suggest something and then we can, you guys are, we can all go back and forth and kind of shout out what comes to mind. Okay. Okay. So we'll sort of go in a circle here. Let's start with favorite fall accessory, Kim. Uh, favorite fall accessory, uh, fluffy socks. No scarves anymore. Remember what no scarves. I'm not in a scarf phase. Look, I wear scarves in the winter when it's cold and I'm getting my steps in, but not just as a fashion statement. <laughs> Marcy, what about you? What's your favorite accessory? Big sweaters. Mm, I'm a hat girl. I love hats in the fall. Well, uh, uh, yeah, that is a toss up. I would have to say my Oregon duck hat because it is football season. Mm, that was a cute picture you posted. Go ducks. Go ducks. Poor Wesley. It took me about 20 minutes to get a <laughs> semi-decent picture with him. I put him in his, he did not like his sweater. Okay. Favorite fall sports team. Ducks. Guys, I don't do sports. Like if it has a ball, I don't know. Look, here's the thing. I like going to sport events. Like if I was going to a game, I think it's fun. I think the environment's fun. My kids like sports, but I don't, I, I, I support all Philadelphia teams. So we're going Eagles. So I would say sport, sport event then Kim, like football, or is there, is there another thing going on in the fall? I don't even know. No, no. Okay. That's all there is. Got it. Sports purposefully. Uh, I just don't do it unless my friends are having a party. Okay. You play cornhole. Wait, Katie, you have to answer. Oh, I do love cornhole and corn mazes. There you go. Katie, what's yours? Did you answer? No, you know what? I didn't answer. Um, because I am terrible and I just hope both teams have fun. Like <laughs> it's, the worst for me. My family is horrified, but have fun. And no one gets hurt. I can get behind that. 
I'm so I'm yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm an embarrassment to my family. Like I I you know, when Penn State and Wisconsin played this weekend, like I was like this. I just was like hiding. I didn't want to cheer for anybody. I just love everyone and I'm whenever somebody loses, I'm like, "Oh, those, those poor kids. Like they must feel so sad. Somebody needs a hug." Like that's I don't know. I love that. It's not great. Uh, okay. So I don't know about you, but I have a show that I always like a TV show that I love to rewatch a series. I love to rewatch every fall. Do you guys have any like movies or shows or anything that you, that, that remind you of fall? It's kind of a weird question, right? No, the only one for me is great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Okay. That's a good one. one, Right. You know, uh, I got a rock. I love that episode. (laughs) (laughs) So have you ever watched the Gilmore girls? Oh, yes. I've watched it from start to finish. That to me is my fall, my binge worthy fall TV show. I will, I will like put that on and watch episode after episode. There's just so much about that show that reminds me of, of fall. I love it. Really for some cute. Reason. That town is so cute in the fall. Yes. Katie, that was my sick show. That's what I, I'd never watched more than a piece here or there until I got sick last year. And I sat and watched from episode, from season episode one, season one, all the way to the end yes. on the sofa while I was sick last year. That's what oh. I had to look forward to. I loved it. I'm trying to get my girls into it. They're not there yet. My kiddo watched it with me. Mm. Marcy, what well, about you? Do you have say, anything? Like, looking back, I feel like there was some dysfunction in that family that I just was not paying attention to at the time. Oh, I'm sure there is. I, I have nothing. No, I have not been watching movies or TV. So I can't think of anything, nothing mm-hmm. that I watch on repeat, but I'll, I'm going to have to check out Gilmore girls because as the weather starts to get colder and I'm inside more, I'll have something to look forward to. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good one. That's one of the few, I think, older shows that still has some longevity. I mean, there's a lot of shows that you, that I put on these days and I'm like, oh my gosh, how is this show not canceled? And, and it's just because of the, what, you know, the way that it was. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I watch it from a different lens today, but that one I feel like is just like, just pure, easy to watch. And, and you're, like you said, Kim, it's like dysfunction, but in a way that's not a lot of drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. Okay. So favorite fall salad. Does anyone have a favorite fall salad? Like I do. Uh, I have one that I make with apple and fennel. It's Ooh. really, really good. And a little bit of lemon. It's delicious. Is that a recipe that you came up with or do you like, I found it? it somewhere and I have it on my Instagram. Um, but it's literally, that really is the recipe. It's like, I think it's butter lettuce I use yes. and then, you know, thinly sliced fennel and thinly sliced apple. And then I want to say the dressing is like a lemon dressing. I'll try and find the post. Um, it's, I have it saved somewhere. I posted I'll, it years ago. Yeah. If you send it to me, I'll add it to the show notes. I'd yeah. love to see that. What about you, Mars? Okay. There's this one that I used to make all the time. I haven't made it for a while. It is a chicken, apple, broccoli salad. So I despise mayonnaise. I think it is the most repulsive condiment. (laughs) I refuse to eat it, but you know, you need that something to bind the ingredients together. Well, a while back when I was following the very strict paleo diet, I came across a blog and this woman had the salad and instead of using mayonnaise as the binder, she used a combination of Dijon mustard and olive oil. And it kind of gave it that same texture, but without that mayonnaise taste. Mm-hmm. So you use shredded chicken, chopped up apple, whatever kind of apple you want, not granny Smith. It needs to be a sweeter one, not one that's really tart. Mm. And then 
you will steam uh, broccoli. So it's not super soggy, but not raw either, kind of in between. Mm -hmm. And then mix all those together. And the dressing is a two part or, you know, one to one ratio of the Dijon mustard, the olive or avocado oil, which is actually a little bit better because it doesn't have a flavor. And then I'll add a little bit of sweetener to it, mm -hmm. mix it all up. And you can eat it just as is. You can put it on a sandwich. You can put it in lettuce cups. It's very versatile. Sounds good. That's awesome. Yeah, I I don't have a specific recipe because what I like to do in the fall is just whatever is in season, whatever's at the farmer's market, I like to just chop it up, roast it. And I'll do one of two things with that. I will either puree those roasted vegetables and put them in a soup, or I will put them over greens and maybe like a poppy seed dressing or some pomegranates mm. or some walnuts. But I, I just, I like whatever is in season and I'm so obsessed with, I feel like soup is just the hot version of salad. <laughs> and so, yes. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for just, you know, the CSA boxes to start rolling in and, and being able to kind of just the more color and the more variety and the more vibrancy, the better for me. Agreed. So anyway, well, I mean, that wasn't exactly a lightning round because we, because I, I didn't really have a lot, um, a lot of questions. And then we all sort of chatted about the answers, but is there anything else that we want to touch on with this sort of broad subject matter? Weren't we going to talk about squash? Yeah. We never even said it. Let's talk. Marcy, tell Well, yeah. Marcy, please enlighten us I was, all about I even squash. put in my stories. I said, we're recording the fall episode. We're talking about squash. <laughs> Let's my hear mistake. it, Marcy. You start. Well, I, I'm a fan of kabocha squash. It is my favorite hands down. I found it about oh, probably like eight years ago, just on a whim. And I started making it and I, I've had kabocha squash almost every day since then, when I right, can, Marcy, when I mean, you need to enlighten those of us who are kabocha squash novices mm -hmm. so from start to finish. When you go to a store, how do you pick a kabocha squash? Sure. How do you cut the friggin' thing? How do you mm -hmm. it? Like, what it's, do we do? Yes. So, kabocha squash is a little bit challenging. It's also called Japanese pumpkin. So, it's going to look more like a pumpkin than it is a like a butternut squash or an acorn but it's squash green. or a delicata. It, it, yeah, it can be different colors. So, sometimes it'll be dark green. Sometimes it'll be more of a gray color. I, and, squashes can be hit or miss. That's the thing. So if you get a, what I call a bad squash, then it's going to be very watery, more the consistency of a butternut squash, which mm -hmm. I do not prefer. A really good kabocha squash is more the consistency of a potato. So it's dry, it's dense. It almost has this, for lack of a better word, like creamy consistency. Um, so that is a good one. And if you are, Marcy, is there a way to tell by looking at it, whether it's going to be a good one or not? Yeah, I, I'm pretty well-versed in this. So if the darker, the green, the better it's likely going to be. Okay. And if there is a little bit of additional coloring, so some yellow or a dark orange that has spots and okay. then the, the, the heaviness of it. So I will buy squash that are like $15 because mm -hmm. they're five pounds or something like that. You want it to be heavy green with some kind of other colored spot. Exactly. Yes. That's, that's what you want to look out for. And then when it comes to cutting it, be careful because I've almost cut my finger off many times. Mm -hmm. So again, if it is a heavy one, it's going to be difficult to cut into. So get yourself a very big sharp knife 
and the squash just like a pumpkin has like a stem so i cut around the stem so lengthwise on one side of the stem length lengthwise on the other side and then now you have two halves as well as that additional like kind of thin round mm -hmm. i i don't even know what you would call it like semi centerpiece like centerpiece yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you would scoop out the seeds and I keep it really simple. I prefer to microwave mine. If I have more time, I will bake them. So you can do it a couple of ways. You do not want to de-skin it. The skin is actually the best part in my opinion, and you can you eat, eat it. Skin. Yeah, I, I eat the skin. Not everybody likes to eat the skin. I really enjoy the skin, um, but you could de-skin it, which I would do probably after cooking because it is very hard to cut into. So you can put it in the oven, you can do like the halves in the oven, or what I like to do is cut it into half moon shapes and then uh, roast it that way, or again, microwave it. I don't like to put anything on mine. I think it's delicious as it is. It has a little bit of sweetness, but you could do, you know, spray it with olive oil, add salt, pepper. You could do cumin, you could do cinnamon. It's very versatile. Um, Marcy, is it like delicata, which we can talk about that in a minute? Cause that's my favorite. You've taught me to cook. Is it like that in that the thinner, the better, or do you do thicker slices of kabocha? I, I prefer, prefer thicker, but everybody's okay. different. So you could do thin. You could also chop it up into cubes and air fry it. There's a girl, her name is Rem's fit kitchen on Instagram. She uses kabocha a lot and I see her cut it into cubes and air fry it or roast it. You could also roast it, scoop out the middle and use it more like a puree and use it for soups or like a stew, something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the versatility is definitely there. That's is my it, favorite one. Is huh? it like a, like a, like a more calorically dense squash, you know, on the spectrum of squashes. I don't know if you guys are as in tune with where they fall as I am, but something like a spaghetti squash or a delicata squash is really light. And then something more like. A butternut, a butternut squash or acorn. or acorn squash is much heavier. Yeah. So I, I tried to do the macros on this for a long time and I couldn't find it because it's not a very well-known variety. You don't see them in all the stores. Mm -hmm. I did see, and I don't even use my fitness pal, um, but I did see recently that my fitness pal has added kabocha oh. and it is similar to butternut when it comes to the macros. Okay. I'm looking at, so what I like to do when I'm searching for macros is that I'm doing it right now. I will just Google USDA and then the name of the product. And then it usually mm -hmm. comes up. And so what's coming up for, um, the kabocha is, um, yeah, like actually, yeah. 12 grams of carbs in a one cup serving, which is again, I don't know the, the, the weight on that, the transfer for weight, but that's, that's not too bad. Like that to me is pretty light. Yeah, no, I, and yeah, I eat a lot of it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. great. The so high volume squash. All right. Yeah. Let's talk delicata. Kim, I know that's your favorite. Gosh, I love it's it. I just favorite. can't wait for it. So Marcy introduced me to it. So I don't remember you telling me anything about how to pick my delicata and I have not had a bad one yet. Everyone I've ever gotten has been good. They come in varying sizes and varying shades, but I haven't had a bad one. Do you get bad ones, Marcy? And do you have a trick for picking a good one? I, I get the occasional bad one, but it's more when they're not in season. And to me, mm. a bad one is not very flavorful and pretty dry. 
Mm. So I think color again, uh, but this isn't, it's not unanimous across the board. I've had a lighter color delicata that still turned out really well, but I always err on the side of the darker, the better. So like a darker yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And mm. then these are really easy to cut. And that's why you would suggest them to me. Marcy saw me on my stories one time with some big squash and she was like, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> but I had some giant knife. She's like, you need a new squash. So they're very easy to cut through. So Marcy, I'll, I'll tell people how to prepare one and you stop me if I get it wrong. Cause you're my teacher here. And it has been a year cause you can only get them in the fall. So I usually get mine and I slice them lengthwise, scoop out the seeds, and then I slice them very thin. You had told me the thinner, the better. And that's the way I do them because they get nice and crispy. If you do them too mm. thick, they're just not, they're not that's And I prefer them crispier. So I do spray um, like spray Pam on the cookie sheet. And then I do spray them with a little bit of olive oil and cinnamon. And then I roast them. And oh my gosh, no one mm. else in my family likes them guys. Really? No is it because um, you, you're not sharing them, Kim? Because I don't I like to do. share. <laughs> I do share them, but now I plan when I make them, cause I do not want to waste them because you can only get them a little bit. Mm -hmm. I just plan them in my day that I will be eating the whole thing because mm -hmm. no one else eats them. If my mom is in town, my mom and my stepfather and my sister like them, but if they're not here, it's just me. I can't believe no one likes them because they're so good. Wow. I love them. They're not very big though, either. At least not the ones no. that I'm getting. Like they're and like, I do get the small ones purposely because I'm the only one eating the thing. Mm -hmm. You can get them a little bit bigger, but a lot of them are teeny. Mm -hmm. Marcy, anything that you would change that you don't like about what I said? Um, I prefer to do mine in circles and because they're so easy to cut rather than cutting it down the middle and having those two halves, mm -hmm. I will just cut them into coins and then scoop out the seeds after that. I've done that too. Yeah. I've oh. done that too. I do both. Either, yep. Either way works. I don't know why I like the full circle better than the halves, but because yeah. I like the, I like the halves of the kabocha squash. So <laughs> yeah, it does work them. really well to, well to do that. So you just cut off the end, scoop it out and then circle. Yep. Yeah. But they're very soft to cut through. Yes. Well, right. tonight, I was to say tonight for dinner, we just pulled, I just pulled three acorn squash out of our garden. So I'll be doing twice baked acorn squash for dinner. Do you guys ever do anything with acorn squash? Oh, I've never, I I've never made it. And like the little bit I've had it, it I don't think it was prepped right. I, I think if I had it prepped correctly, I think I might like it. Okay. I love it. I, I mean, and it's, it's a starchier, heavier squash. So it's, it's more, I would say like a potato than it is, or more like a butternut than it is anything else. Um, but it, if you, it, it, it takes so little effort to make, you just need to cut the tops off, scoop it out, or I'm sorry, you slice it, um, on the equator. So on the equator of the squash, if it looks like an acorn you're cutting in the middle. And then what I usually do is like cut off the stem. So it's like flat and then cut off the very bottom, which is kind of like a little point. So that's flat too. So you can put them both sort of face up in your pan to roast and you and you pull the seeds out and I stick them in the oven and warm them. And then you can fill them with whatever you want, but you definitely need to do that second step of heating them first to soften the flesh more. Otherwise, if you just kind of make your filling and toss your filling into like reheat, it'll be way too hard to stick your fork into it. But it's sort of like having 
um, it, the flavors remind me of like a, like an individual shepherd's pie, because you've got this like mm-hmm. potatoy base and then whatever you like to put in it. And for me, it's usually stuff like a ground meat and some veggies, some rice cauliflower, lots of seasoning, always top with cheese. It's a really com- warm, comforting dish. I love that it. That sounds really good. That sounds delicious. And uh, acorn, acorn is very similar in consistency to kabocha. And again, with both, you can get that more watery consistency, just depending on the grower, the time of year, whatever. So squash can always be hit or miss. You're not going to get a good one. And some people are different. Some people might not like the starchier, um, like consistency, whereas other people might like that more watery consistency. So personal preference for sure. But mm-hmm. Katie, I love that idea. Shepherd's pies, anything like that is so good this time of year. So I'm going to have mm-hmm. to give that a try. And really quickly, speaking of cookbooks or recipes, is that going to be in your new recipe book that's coming out soon? The one I just talked about is in my former one okay. and I'll, I'll share it on my stories today because I'm going to make it again today. Oh, okay. But- Yes, I've got um, the the next one is in the works and you ladies can see me. I am looking really tired and, and exhausted right now. And uh, I, I've got, I'm kind of in the, the thick of getting everything assembled and my kitchen's always a mess. And um, my, my brain is only functioning partway most of the time because I'm really into the, the creative part of this right now. Um, and so, yes, there will be a lot of new recipes to come. And I'm trying to think if I have anything that is squash specific off the top of my head. And I, and I can't think of anything right now, but that does not mean it's not there. <laughs> Excellent. Katie, what's the theme of your book? I know you've told us before, but I don't remember if it was on air or not. So the idea, it's more of a, of a storybook cookbook. It's, and, and I say it storybook in the sense that there's a lot of dialogue in there as well. It's called food for thought. And so there are plenty of recipes, but these recipes, while they are going to be, you know, macro friendly primarily and have the macros listed and everything will of course be built into my fitness pal. There's also going to be a lot of dialogue on transitioning from a place of super macro friendly, high volume foods to things that, um, really sort of represent where we all want to be in life. And that is more being more mindful with food choices and finding ways to make meals simple and enjoyable, but still serve us in a way that we talked about last week, right? Being wholly satisfying and, and whole health minded. And so it wasn't an overnight transition for me. And it took a long time. I I battled some gut health in the process. And so there's some low FODMAP recipes in there. And it really is a reflection of my journey and how I've transitioned from someone who was very strict in the macro counting world to someone who now is able to really enjoy a whole lot more and still use the foundation of that I learned from macro tracking, but applying it to like life as I want to live it today. Mm, Beautiful. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I am too. Do you have a release date or a general? I, I do, so I keep saying October, but um, you know, a month ago it was going to be early October, and now I'm thinking it's going to be later October. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's right. a, how are we in September? It's like I, I keep saying October, and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, crap, October is three weeks away. So I know, I know. I'm, I'm hoping um, by the end of October, and I really am optimistic that that by the end of the month it will it'll be ready to go. 
All right. We'll keep everybody updated and let you guys know how you can get your hands on this. Thank you. I sure will. And I mean, thanks to everyone for, for tuning in today and, and listening to us talk about all the things we love so much about this time of year and this month, and this season. Absolutely. Thanks so My much pleasure. for being here, everybody. Hope you like the style of podcast. It was a little more like loosey goosey, but I think it was fun. I think it was yes. useful too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, lots of good takeaways. Well, we will all be back next week with a new episode. We hope you'll tune in. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you, and we'll see you again next week.